Hey everyone, this is Zach at FF Chalupa Batman. We are here at the Triple Play Fantasy Beyond the Analyst Interview Series. Today, I am joined by the great Ryan Weiss at the Fantasy Five. So you are a staff writer for Football Guys, and you're a co-host for Club Fantasy FFL. So one of my one of my teammates, if you will. Yes. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Always good. I appreciate you having me. Mondays are my my mock draft day. We're recording this on a Monday, so I just finished up some mock drafts. I'll probably jump into some more today later. So it's it's a great morning so far. Perfect. And this will also come out on a Monday a little bit from Perfect. now. So you'll be doing mock drafts before I'll the show be comes out. be mocking that day too. After it comes <laughs> out. Perfect. Yep. So for those of you who don't know, this is episode, I'm going to go 18. Um, so if you haven't seen the first 17, uh, we're not talking fantasy takes. We're here to get to know different fantasy football analysts so make sure you go check those out on the triple play fantasy youtube channel or on our podcast and while you're on there go ahead like subscribe we have a lot of great content coming out not just football we do baseball and basketball as well a lot going on so ryan we'll get right into it get to know you a little bit you used to be a banker i don't know how many people in the space knew that um (laughs) so what inspired you to become a fantasy football creator so the two, while they both deal with numbers, aren't terribly connected, but I think I'm drawn to both of them because it's about numbers and making numbers make sense. And if you can hear my dog in the background, I'm sorry I have her locked up, but she's just very vocal. But um, fan- I've been playing fantasy for years. Um, I've been playing fantasy since the early 2000s, if not the year 2000. Um, and I've actually been in a home league for about 17 years now. Same basically 10 to 14 guys have been cycling in and out of this league. And I was always the guy on the message board who would, after the draft, rate everybody's team. And this was before Yahoo like gave you those like copy and paste analysis. I was doing that for my league. And as much as people hated when I was like railing on their team, they couldn't wait for the next one that I would do. And I would do positional breakdowns and weekly breakdowns. Like So I lived on the message board in my league, but that's all I really did with it. Um, but back in 2014, my wife's family lived in Atlanta, Georgia. We had my son who was five years old at the time, and we were getting nervous that he wasn't going to get to know her family the way he knew my family. I was born and raised in Northeast Ohio, basically lived there my entire life, uh, met my wife there, everything in Northeast Ohio, and then her family ended up moving away, but she stayed. And so we were worried. And so we moved to Georgia and I'm leaving everybody. I've talked to the same group of guys since middle school. Like I'm just your stereotypical like dude. Uh, So same group of guys, same everything. And so we're down there and I'm just bored. And if I'm being honest, probably a little depressed, like there just wasn't a lot to do. I I still worked in banking at the time, but my wife had played fantasy with me and knew what I did on our message board. And she's like, you know, you could start a website. Like I could help you with this. Cause she's pretty good with like graphic design. So she like threw together this blog that I thought was like super cool. And so I started top five lists. Like that was my thing. Um, I always joke I was ahead of my time because like top five lists are the biggest thing on YouTube right now. If I had just started there, I'd be a damn millionaire right now. But uh, I started top five list and like top five undrafted rookies, top five sleepers, top five busts. Like, so just really focused on that. And then very serendipitous, the fantasy footballers decided they wanted to start a writing section. And I always joke, I got in on the ground floor. They're over, I think, 200,000 followers. Now, I was got in before they were over 10,000 followers. And so... Um, they put out a thing that they wanted writers. I sent them my my samples. Jason Moore emailed me back, and I started with the ballers and just recently moved on to football guys. So. That's awesome. I feel like a lot of content creators out there kind of had – we're all different paths, but kind of that similar story of like we were the most passionate in our in our home leagues, and it's just now we found a way to kind of 
share that passion with others and kind of express ourselves in a different way than just annoying our, our home league. A hundred percent. And like, it's funny. Like I had, we, we, we've all played in home leagues. At least I hope we have. And if you haven't, I think you should try it, but we always have the guys who draft straight up from like the computer with their rankings or they, they bring the magazines in. And I'm not everyone who's going to down talk magazines. I, I came up doing that, but I was the one who saw the edge in creating my own rankings. Like if I like this guy better, I need to have a list that shows I like him better. And the running joke in that league, my, my, my 17 year league is that my wife won a championship before I did. I did not win a championship until year 15, just a couple of years back. But to defend myself, my wife is the only other person in the world who had access to my personal draft board. So, I mean, is it her championship? I'm not trying. <laughs> I'm not, I have to make sure she doesn't come and hit me. So. <laughs> As a wife alert. Um, exactly. so, uh, not to take it away from you as well, but I kind of feel the same way with, with my home league is the one league that I've been in more than one season at a time at, that I've not won. And that is not a, a brag in any way. It's just that over time you get to win a few leagues. I've never won my home league. I think we're going on year 10, close to it. Yeah. Uh, my wife has won at least twice, finished second at least <laughs> twice. I've never actually finished ahead of her in the end of season standings. Um, it is not gonna lie, it has created quite a rivalry uh, with us. Um, and she, I, not gonna lie, I do a lot of the research and I, I share that with her. But she does her own draft; she makes her own moves. Yeah. I don't do anything for her. Um, and it, it is, I'm not gonna lie, it's very, very tough to see her finish ahead of me every single year. Like I, I just want one, just one. Yeah, well, and believe me, I can relate to the I just want one. Like that's yeah. I, I probably cried when I won that championship a couple of years ago just because it had been so long. But you're absolutely right. I, I joke when I, I try to take anything away from my wife. She ran her team. She the smartest move she made. This was 2007, 2008. She went out and made sure she got Peyton Manning. She recognized that if we play in a 14 team league quarterbacks matter a little bit more because not everybody can have a great quarterback and she rode Peyton Manning to four championship appearances one win or whatever so so kudos to her like she made the right move so I don't mean to take anything away from her but you are absolutely right about the the competitive nature because I can then once a year I had to play her and that was just completely hilarious because it's usually her just destroying me so yeah, no, and I put together some, it's a redraft league, and I put together some like all-star teams that just blow it in the playoffs. And I mean, I still remember when Jameson Crowder played with the Commanders, this was yeah. years ago, had a horrible game. I still was going to win, barely. I was going to hold on. He fumbled the ball with like two minutes left in the game. The game was already over, it didn't matter. I lost by less than a point. I would have won in the championship the next week. Like that, That's the kind of heartbreak I've had in my my home league. So I understand completely. Uh, what it's like i've had fantasy seasons like that but the year she won her championship i also finished dead last so i can't even say it was that competitive so. oh, yeah. and i didn't lose to her she won the championship oh, that, okay. that year i lost to to one of my friends in, in the semis but we gotcha. would have matched up in the finals and that would yeah. have been awesome yeah, so maybe this is the year for any of my my league mates I'll, listening i'll be coming this year <laughs> i appreciate <laughs> it i need i need all the help i can get at this point uh, speaking of leagues do you have a league preference or a scoring preference so I'm very much, very much against league shaming. So I want to start by saying whatever you're having the most fun with, have the most fun with that. I play in every league format that could be imaginable. So I don't have a scoring preference or really a format preference. I do have something I'll throw out there. But like I love IDP. I am not against standard scoring. One of my favorite leagues I play in is standard scoring. And I'm 
it's a running joke who anyone who knows me, I'm a very, try to be a very nice person, but I do have a little bit of a fantasy football ego. I feel like different scoring is where I set myself apart from my league mates because I create spreadsheets specific to the scoring. So I can find guys who are just going to terribly outscore the rest of the league. And that's kind of what I do to get my edge. So I love different scoring formats, but I will say this. I have an issue with smaller leagues. I feel like it's, I don't want to say it's too easy because it's not too easy, but everybody can set a good lineup and it takes a little bit of the edge away. So eight and 10 team leagues, unless they're two quarterback, they're not my favorite type of leagues. I prefer larger leagues, 12 and even 14. I'm actually in a 32 team full IDP league where we start 17 guys every week, um, seven offense and 10 defense. So that's awesome. And I will say with eight team leagues, I know, they they got a bad rap because it's oh it's a team because your your roster will look amazing every time so will everyone else's exactly that's why I, I say that. I don't want to say it's yeah. easier it is not easier it's it's probably harder and I I yeah. want to have the edge and it's kind of harder to get the edge there so. well so I played in a, a neighborhood league especially it was an eight team league I didn't really know any like it's it's a big neighborhood I didn't know anybody really in it other yeah. than like one person I don't think they knew any of my fantasy experience I didn't share any of that with them um and my team was my. <laughs> yeah, my my team was good. Uh, we did well. Uh, I made it to the finals. I completely blew my lineup decisions and lost in the finals because my everyone, like I said, everyone's team is good. The hardest part is picking your lineup because you're like, do I yes. bench Jamar Chase or do I bench T Higgins? Well, guess who exactly. went off that week? T Higgins went off that week and exactly. he scored forty three points and Jamar Chase did nothing. Now, see, that's funny because I do things the opposite of you. I warn people ahead of time and I try to say like, I'm not an expert. I just study it more than you do. But like when I get invited to leagues, I'm like, I just need you to know this is what I do. And it all stems from a horror story a few years ago. Not really a horror story because it's fantasy football, but um, there was a friend of mine at work league needed a fill in. And he was like, I have a buddy who will do this. But like, they're like, they're like, does he like fantasy? He's like, yeah, he writes articles. He does all this. Well, they found out who I was that I wrote for the ballers. They wouldn't let me in the league. They're like, no, we don't want, this is not, we, we don't, we're trying to have fun. And he's like, well, so is he. (laughs) And this guy's been in that other league with me. He knows I don't win. So he's like, no, he's good. You should let him in. But they didn't let me in. So now I like tell people ahead of time, like, I'm not trying to make it out like I'm better than you. I'm not. I just need you to know. And I go in it. I'm an open book on Twitter. So if you ever want to know who I'm going to draft, go see my Twitter. You're going to know my entire draft strategy heading into this entire thing. Cause I'm, a, I, I'm here to help other people get better at fantasy. And so that's what I do. Um, but it's funny. One of my neighbor, you mentioned the neighborhood league, one of my neighbors at my last house found out. And so then he immediately followed me on Twitter and any fantasy advice, but then I didn't get invited to any of his leagues either. <laughs> And I think there is a misconception with we'll call us or as fantasy analysts. Yes. We're really no different than than your we'll call them average Joe playing. We're, yeah. we're just we're taking the research that they're doing. We're putting in some sort of format and sharing that in some way for you exactly. to then get some actionable advice. But I was doing research before I ever wrote a single article um, because I'm just trying to win my leagues. Um, so I think there's that misconception. And then I think it's even harder now once you put out, like you said, you put out your work. Everyone can see your rankings. Everyone can see what. Who am I recommending for waiver wire pickups? And what am I recommending that you pay for them on Fab? Well, guess what my they home league is not going to do? Yeah, they're going to upbid me by a dollar. Because I'm not going to put out bad advice just to win my league. I'm going to try to help everybody. Um, I, I but agree it makes it harder. <laughs> well, it's funny because so my very good friend in my league, one of our best uh, managers, um, wins. He's won, I think, three championships. 
when I first started doing articles, he, he was like, everyone's going to know what you're thinking. Like you're kind of like shooting yourself in the foot. And I'm like, they all text me privately anyway. And I help all of them. Like I give my little brother the best advice, but I don't always give him only the best advice. I sometimes mess up and give him the right players because I have always been a proponent. And I know we're not talking total fantasy here, but I don't draft kickers or defense. I load up on position players and then make trades before the draft. Well, the one year I couldn't move Michael Thomas. And so I went to my little brother and he got the little brother discount. Michael Thomas blows up and now he has him as a keeper. Not anymore, but you know what I'm saying? The next year I draft Alvin Kamara. I'm like, you want this kid? So I got a couple of draft picks out of him. Alvin Kamara blows up. So I'm just building his team out of advice. And so I'm like, why wouldn't I give this advice to everyone else? I, I seem to know what I'm talking about. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. De- definitely uh, a misconception out there that, that we're just in it to win it. We're here to have some fun and, and give some good, hopefully good advice. Exactly. So <laughs> other than you being pro mustache, obviously, uh, do you have any other hobbies besides fantasy football? I mean, growing this mustache does take a lot of my time and maintaining it. It's it's a life of its own. But uh, in all seriousness, I'm a big gamer, um, both video games and board games. Um, because I am no longer with my middle school friends in Ohio, and then this actually started a lot during the pandemic, um, we play Call of Duty Warzone like for an hour every night. And it's not so much to play the game. We're not especially great at the game, but it's our way of just talking to each other. So we'll spend an hour talking fantasy football while also playing Call of Duty Warzone and just getting shot by people all the time. So um, big, big video games. I, I, I have a PlayStation 5. I play pretty much everything that comes out just because I like to try things. My wife jokes that I waste so much money because I play games for about a week and then never touch them again. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very bad about that. I don't necessarily finish the game i just like to try them but then um if you my old early shows if you would have saw i had board games always behind me um big board gamer absolutely love board games anything from like you know risk Catan, like your early older stuff but i play a lot of new stuff too there's games called a game called root is one of my family's favorite games where you're like little woodland creatures that are strategically battling each other for the forest so there's like it's not what people think of when you hear board games it's not monopoly and clue they've, they've taken those concepts and like and blown them up. So big into any sort of games, typically board games and video games. That's awesome. And a little bit of throwback. Some people listening probably like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but how, how much were you into blockbuster when you could rent video games because you could just try them out and then not have to uh, worry about finishing them. Well, you've opened an entire can of worms. I actually worked for Blockbuster for many years before they closed. So I was very into Blockbuster. And the reason I started with Blockbuster, nobody's going to remember this. Kudos if you do. Blockbuster opened their own GameStop like competitor called Game Rush inside of their stores. And so I started with Blockbuster to run the game side. And there would be Friday nights where I would throw on like NBA 2K, the dunk contest and have a sign up that if anyone could beat me in the dunk contest, I'd give them free rentals. And so I would just sit there and get paid to challenge people in Madden and video games. Christmas day Blockbuster was open, but nobody came in for the first three hours. I would sit there and play Madden all morning long and got paid time and a half for it. So I adored Blockbuster. I loved where you could try things out. And then as an employee, games were included. I got five free rentals every week and I was using mine mostly on games. People ask me movie questions. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, but it was, I could tell you anything you needed to about video games. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and you called me the hustler earlier. Yeah, you were hey, hustling over I, at Blockbuster. But I made it very clear and people <laughs> thought it was just absolutely hilarious because little kids would challenge me and I was not letting them win. And then I would just trash talk these little kids the entire time. I'm like, you're coming with that weakness like come on and then i'd call out their plays i was I, I was probably a jerk but the kids 
absolutely loved it. So <laughs> you're just trying to make them better. That's exactly. Yeah, you're just trying to help. Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> There you go. That's awesome. Uh, now switching gears a little bit more more serious though. Uh, that sounds like so much fun to work there. It was awesome. You have you've been in the fantasy football space as a content creator for about seven years now. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of new content creators. Lots of people thinking about starting. Do you have like one piece of advice for those people? Oh, one piece. Um, yeah, I just, a got the, <laughs> I, say, I just got the the Twitter memo that I joined the app seven years ago. And I'm like, man, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Completely joking. But I started my Twitter. My Twitter handle is the fantasy five. I started it strictly for fantasy football. That's what I got into Twitter. What I would say is, and it's a lot of the same advice I've heard echoed on your show and other shows is don't be afraid to get started. You have to get started. If it's simply going to WordPress and starting a free blog. And then what I would tell you is when you put your, when you finish your work, don't be afraid to put it out there. You are going to get negative people who are going to challenge you. And it's, let's be honest, it's going to be your league mates who don't understand why you're putting out articles because you haven't won your league in 15 years and things like that. Let them, at least you had the courage to do it. And when you're right, it feels so good. It gets to the point where when you give good advice, you feel better than when you're win. But I'm going to be honest, when you give bad advice, you feel way worse. I find myself DMing people. I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story from last year, the game where Jamar Chase like broke NFL records. I told someone to start T Higgins over him in that game. And so like he had both and I'm like, it's, it's a T Higgins week. It was not a T Higgins week. And so I'm DMing him immediately. Like, I am so sorry. I can't believe we got this wrong. And there, if you're honest about it, people will love you for it. Um, don't be brash. Don't be a jerk, but just put your information out there, but have confidence your information is right. And if it's wrong, own up to it. And if it's right, don't be afraid of victory lapping. Don't victory lap injuries. That's the uh, the written rule of Twitter. I won't even call it an unwritten rule, but victory lap when you're right. It's okay to be right. And it's okay to tell people you were right. Like be right. <laughs> so, um, but I would say, don't be afraid to get started. Um, even if it's something, start on a message board, rating your friends, teams, giving them crap, because that's a lot of what it ends up being. But be very vocal about the players you believe in. Right now, I'm telling everybody I can to draft Isaiah Spiller. He was drafted in the fourth round, which means history is against him. But I am rooting him up, and I'm putting he's he's my player this year. Where I'm like, go get him. I'm gonna be right on this player, and if I'm not, I'll apologize later. But don't be afraid to be wrong. Don't be afraid of the the haters, if you will, on Twitter. Put your information out there. Don't be afraid to go to bigger accounts. And ask for help, ask for critiques, ask for guest appearances to get on a podcast. I always tell people, Eric Moody, who's now with ESPN, and Brandon Marion Lee, who uh, was doing her fantasy football, they welcomed me in, and they probably don't even remember me from when I first started, but like they were both chatting with me and having fantasy discussions. And these were people I had looked up to for years. And I'm just some nobody with sub 500 followers. And we were having like great discussions and DMing each other. And like, that's when the thing opened up to me. Like I can talk to these people and I can have fun and they're going to be right more than I am, but they're going to be wrong too. And it's, it just really don't be afraid. I guess that's the best thing I could say. If you're thinking about it, you clearly have a passion for it. And that's the first step. So no, that's great advice. And it is tough to get started because you're going to feel vulnerable putting yourself out there because <laughs> you're putting your takes out there. You're like I said, trying to give someone advice and you hope that it's right. We can't predict the future. So it might be wrong. So no. it's just, trying to push yourself through that. And like I said, have fun with it. As long as you're trying your best process over results. Yeah, exactly. Do your best and download Grammarly. You wouldn't believe yes. how many mistakes it'll fix for you. 
Yeah, you don't have to do the premium if you don't want to. It's, exactly. It's free. It's, the free it's version. very free and it fixes a lot of mistakes that will turn people off in the first paragraph of your articles. So. Yeah, I, I use it all the time before I send my articles to you. Yeah, there you go. And then I use the premium on yours because I'm editing so many people's articles. <laughs> exactly. So it all works. See, right. Find yourself a good team. That's See, <laughs> uh, you know, and I wanted to say that when you sent me the questions ahead of time, that's the other thing. Surround yourself with good people. Um, Club Fantasy, we're a bunch of people who understood this is about having fun. We've made it pretty well clear. We're not really in this to make money. We're in this to help people get started. So if you are looking to get started, get a hold of Josh or I over at Club Fantasy. We're more than happy to help. But we're not in this to make money. We are here to have fun and kind of just like make the industry a better place. And I know that sounds ridiculous and 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 too big, but it's what we're here for. So no, I, I will. I have a lot of fun with Triple Play. I have a lot of fun with, with Cold Fantasy. It's, I love it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be with you guys if I wasn't having fun. So exactly. I appreciate it. Uh, so that was my last of what we'll call them the serious questions. I have some rapid fire questions if you're game. Let's do it. All right. So this is actually now my second week in a row that I themed these. Um, so last episode with Murph, we did a British theme. And now we're kind of keeping it British again. But we're going to do it Harry Potter theme since I know you're a big Harry Potter fan as you're wearing your, your Hogwarts shirt. For those who are watching on YouTube, if you're listening to the podcast. Ryan's wearing a Hogwarts shirt. Yes. So. <laughs> You're going to narrate everything going on. One, one of many Harry Potter shirts that Ryan owns, So <laughs> Perfect. So you can add as much context as you want to these questions, or it can be a one-word answer, whatever you feel like you want to do. I love it. So if you were a wizard, what would your Patronus be? So my first problem with this question is, if I was a wizard? No. <laughs> Um, so I will narrate for those who are not involved in Harry Potter land, a Patronus is a spell you can cast that kind of protects you from things. And it usually takes the shape of an animal that means something to you. So I have done the Harry Potter website where they tell you what your Patronus is. And mine is a Thestral, which if you don't follow Harry Potter, it's basically this like being that you can only see if you've witnessed death. So it's like really dark and makes me question what kind of person I am, but I'm going to go a different route with it. I, I love dogs. I love cats, but I've never had like a special connection to any sort of animal. I, I like pets except for one animal. So I'm going to take this into a whole nother nerdy area. I am not a Pokemon guy. However, I adore Psyduck. I think he's a complete psycho. I like, if you don't know Psyduck, he just gets headaches and then blast energy and just tears up everything around him. I used to joke with my siblings that I had a gold Psyduck card when they were little. My siblings are 10 years younger than me and adored Pokemon. So I've had this connection with Psyduck. So I would say that my Patronus would be Psyduck from Pokemon, which is super weird, but I'm a weird guy. So what a mashup of two different uh, franchises that we could have with Pokemon combining with Harry Potter. There you go. That'd be an incredible show. It it would be fantastic. And if you saw, um, what was it? Detective Pikachu, Psyduck was the one that was running around there that, like I said, it's just a complete ticking time bomb. And I just had a, it's like, he's such a weird little Pokemon. And I just had a thing for him when I used to watch the show with my siblings. So that's awesome. I would never would have guessed that Patronus in a million years. So I love it. There you go. (laughs) Which Deathly Hallow would you choose? So I loved this question because the Deathly Hallows are the thing. I, I obviously Deathly Hallows were introduced in book seven, but it was the thing of the Harry Potter story that completely captivated me. It is my favorite part of any of the Harry Potter universes, the story of the three brothers and the Deathly Hallows. So I already know my answer to this because it's actually life advice that I have given my little brother. And I also joke about this, that this is the worst advice you can give a little brother because you should be trying to lift them up. But I always said, you never want to be the best 
or the worst at something because people pay too much attention to you. Basically talking about like work and work ethic. If you can stay right in the middle, your bosses leave you alone. You get to do whatever you want to do. Nobody bothers you. So I would 100% choose the cloak because the story of the three brothers is the one brother takes the wand to show everybody he's the strongest and people kill him to get the wand. The other brother takes the, the stone, the resurrection stone to bring people back to life, basically to make a full out of death. And eventually it drives him crazy and he kills himself getting very dark with this show. But the third brother takes the invisibility cloak, hides from death, gets to live uh, uh, to an old age and enjoy life and eventually welcomes death as a good friend. So I am all about the cloak and the third brother. That's a great answer. Not going to lie. I thought you were going to pick the cloak. And I mean, they kind of illustrated in Harry Potter itself in the series, but it, it's the best. The Absolutely. Best the so great. Which great by answer. the way, I have the Deathly Hollows that my wife made for me as a craft project right above my corner, my shoulder, or and it's also engraved in my wedding ring. The Deathly Hollows means a lot to me. So. Perfect. See, I, <laughs> I told everyone you're a Harry Potter fan. There you go. I, I, I think these appropriately. <laughs> you did. <laughs> so if Quidditch was real and we played fantasy Quidditch, <laughs> would analysts be telling people to draft seekers late as we do with quarterbacks? So I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I don't think seekers are the quarterbacks. I actually think keepers might be the quarterbacks because I think they're going to roughly score the same every match. So it doesn't matter which keeper you have. I think chasers are your wide receivers and running backs. Those are the guys you got to load up on early. And I think beaters are actually IDP. So only certain people are even going to have them in your league. So when it really comes down to it, I think chasers are the elite tight ends. If you have a good one, you get it early. If you can't get one of the good ones, if you can't get Harry Potter or Victor Crumb, you go out and just get anybody else you can because it's not going to matter. They're probably not going to score anyway. It just stream it every week. So I would say chasers are the tight ends. You either get elite or you stream them. That's a great answer. <laughs> I, I never thought of it that way. But I also could see, though, arguing keepers could also be quarterbacks as well. Yep, because I, they're essentially doing the same thing every match. A lot of points getting scored, yeah. but a few blocks here and there. So. Yeah. They could also be tight ends if we really think about it. Yeah. If you had a, an elite. Well, quarterbacks and tight ends are basically interchangeable. So it's it's yeah. roughly the same thing. <laughs> so we're going we're going late, greater late, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So too much fantasy football advice here talking about fantasy quidditch. <laughs> I know. Back off. We now man. need to create we need to create fantasy quidditch leagues. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Would you rather duel Voldemort or have detention with Umbridge every day for a year? Such a fantastic question. So for those who, for the three or four people who tune in who knew me when I was younger, they already know what I'm going to pick. Um, I broke records in middle school for detention. Like I had teachers tell me they've never given as many detentions as I have. In my freshman year, I actually ended the year with 67 detentions and eventually got called in because I stopped serving them because I realized I wouldn't get in trouble if I didn't serve them. I ended up having to serve the entire last three weeks of school morning and afternoon detention because I, if you haven't figured it out yet, like to talk. I wasn't like a juvenile delinquent, but I would not shut up at any point. And teachers don't like when you talk when they talk. So I think I could handle detention with Umbridge and I'm relatively sure Voldemort would kill me pretty quickly. I don't want to die, so I'll just I'll suffer through Umbridge. <laughs> no, that's a great. Uh, honestly, my uh, I guess my reasoning for this was either do you want a quick death with with Voldemort, or <laughs> or do you so just want to be tortured? For, yeah, do you want to be tortured for a year? Was really the the genesis of that question. But what's funny is the tension can pay off, and I'm not necessarily saying like torturing and Umbridge tension, but I used this quote last week, not at my wife, but while talking to my wife. One of the years, my seventh grade year, when I broke that teacher's detention record, I had to write every detention for as long as she made me write. 
it is better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're stupid than to open it and remove all doubt. And that has stuck with me since I was 12 years old. And there's not a whole lot you can say that happened at 12 years old that like made an impression on your life. But like now, if I'm ignorant of a situation, I just don't talk. I'm like, yeah, I don't need to let everybody know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So <laughs> I love that quote. And I could be 100% wrong. I want to say it was a Mark Twain quote. And instead of stupid, it was fool. But okay, well, there you go. Concept. She definitely made me put stupid. There was no fool there. So I think that <laughs> might have been her jab at me. Now I got to go back and have a talk with her. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And so for my last one, and this may be the toughest one. I have no idea. It's a two-part question. What was your favorite Harry Potter book? So book is 100% the final book, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. For every reason I've told you, my two favorite things in the Harry Potter universe and for Harry Potter people, they'll know what I'm talking about. But it's the Deathly Hallows story, obviously, which we've talked about. And then there's a scene at the very end. And I don't think I'm, I don't think we have to declare spoiler warning on Harry Potter anymore, but um, it's the King's Cross scene when Harry is possibly dead, possibly not dead, but he's having a discussion with the, with Dumbledore. And it is by far the most well-written poetic scene of the entire series. And it's a scene that just means a ton to me outside of the Deathly Hallows story. So the seventh book, in my opinion, is a masterpiece. I'll sometimes just go read the seventh book again because of how well it's done. So fantastic. And you know, part two is going to have to be what is your favorite Harry Potter movie? And this is a very different question because while wow, those movies are great, I first and foremost do not enjoy the new Dumbledore. They're the Dumbledore of the first two movies passed away and they replaced him. And then there is a scene that is infamous among Harry Potter fans in the Goblet of Fire, where in the book, it says Dumbledore calmly asks Harry if he put his name in the Goblet of Fire. But in the movie, this psycho actor screams, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? And ruins everything for every Harry Potter fan ever. So from that point forward, the movies were second-class citizens to me. Thus, Prisoner of Azkaban, the third movie, is by far my favorite movie. Uh, it's also my favorite movie as well. Uh, my just, wife's as well. So. Yeah. I mean, it's all the characters they added into that. and Exactly. Got you really got introduced to the world at that point because you kind of knew of Voldemort in the first two. You were still dealing with the same characters. But then this entire wizarding world came to life in that third movie. Fantastic. Well, that was the last of my questions. So I appreciate you pl playing it. along with a Harry Potter themed rapid fire. That was a lot of fun. Literally anytime. That's what I do. <laughs> We'll have to do a part two for this. Yep. If anybody <laughs> follows me on a sleeper app, when I do the mock drafts, it is the deathly hollow symbol is my symbol on the sleeper drafts as well. <laughs> Perfect. So where can everyone else uh, find your work, Ryan? So um, right now I do most of my writing with football guys. So you will find right now we're really just doing a bunch of collaboration articles. So anything where you see football guy staff, you'll find a blurb from me in there talking about my favorite players. And we'll do more player focused articles as the season rolls along with club fantasy. If there is something to record, I'm usually involved. I am lucky enough to be a stay at home dad. So I joke that I am full-time fantasy football. I just don't get the paycheck. Some of these people do. Um, but if club fantasy is doing it, I'm probably involved in some way, shape or form not trying to sound egotistical i just really like to be involved and like to help you guys do everything you can so that's oh, awesome I, I appreciate you being on i appreciate being a teammate with you at club fantasy as well absolutely so this is triple play fantasy beyond the analyst series like i said go ahead like and subscribe download whatever you got to do so you don't miss any more shows we have a lot more coming out a lot of great guests just like ryan here again thanks again for your time ryan have a You're great one everybody welcome. thank you